0: And, and again, my sense of urgency, I don't want to say my impatience, but my sense of urgency, the clock is ticking. You got to get on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There's money sitting out there for you to go and grab and take to the bank, but if you don't get off your ass and go get it, then somebody else will, period. Big die. And.
1: You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar Creators and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and bestselling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. Today's Gangstar guest is San Juan McRae, and he is a five-time world champion, collegiate national champion, and all-American. He's an entertainer, comedian, cheerleader, MC, singer, stuntman, voiceover artist, and champion ring designer. He's worked on projects, live events, radio and talk shows, music videos, TV and films with celebrities such as Tajik Hall, RuPaul, Jordan Sparks, Wayne Brady, Floyd Mayweather, Kevin Hart, and many, many more. And he's currently the newest cast member of MTV VH1's and Out. I'm super excited for you guys to hear San Juan today because we go way back to Virginia Beach, Virginia, where me and my husband are from. He went to high school with my husband. And it's just been cool to see him basically start from the bottom and rise to the top as a cheerleader and also as somebody in Hollywood in the entertainment industry. So get ready to laugh, get ready to learn, because San Antoine's about to pull the curtain back on what it takes to make it in Hollywood, to make it as a top athlete, and he's just going to be sharing lots of cool behind-the-scenes stuff, even sharing the -the behind-the-scenes of what it's like to be on and Out. So let's get to it. All right, San Juan. I'm so excited to have you today on the Gangstar Creative Podcast. How are you doing?
0: Honey, I'm loud, living, and in living color, baby. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for spending your time with me and the Gangstar Creative audience. I know it's been some crazy times um, with the whole quarantine and coronavirus, so I'm excited to dive in and get inspired by hearing more about your journey and your story and your business ta- business tactics and all of that
0: all right yeah let's do it
1: yeah so first off um can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself who is Juan mccray and where did you start and where are you today
0: oh well she was a messy hoe she was born down by the river she was shaking that ass <laughs> ah um <laughs> My name is Santon McCray. I am 31 years old. Just turned 31 in February. I uh, think I got some party, honey, before this virus hit. Cause that would have been, ooh, I would have been hella salty if I had to stay in the house for my birthday, but.
1: Yeah, that was um, Kevin. His birthday was last Tuesday, so. Oh, poor thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, all your friends got a FaceTime you. You didn't get to turn up or nothing, Jesus. But that's I
1: know. Right.
0: Oh, so I was born in South Carolina a uh, small town of king street uh literally like there's like three stoplights it's it's that small population four um and uh <laughs> basically i moved up the coast uh growing up and i was uh part of a naval family and um we made our lovely last stop in virginia beach virginia uh where i you know spent the rest of my childhood the majority of my childhood and uh, went to Kellum High School, you know what I'm saying, go nights. And, <laughs> and I then went to uh, Miami, Florida, um, and then went to uh, University of Louisville after that in Louisville, Kentucky, or Louisville for the regulars. Cause if I say Louisville, <laughs> people are like, what is that? So uh, Louisville, Kentucky is a definite second home to me. It, it's, it's more of a home to me than where I lived. You know what I'm saying? I found my second, mm-hmm. my adopted family and um and and that's where like my life really really started um and then i moved out to hollywood where i pursue uh entertainment in many different fields including action comedy film and tv choreography stunting uh singing acting dancing oh my gosh hosting emceeing just a little bit of everything man and it's been great so far so i'm 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 currently just pushing away and doing some fun projects here and there and uh yeah that that's me (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's awesome i mean just to hear like how you have you wear so many hats and like you said you're an entertainer comedian cheerleader like world champion five time uh <laughs> cheerleaders so which is i don't think anybody else can really say that except for you am i right <laughs> you know what you might be right you know what you might be right <laughs> I'm curious to know, um since you do so many things like what's been your favorite project or types of projects since are you still doing cheerleading stuff and entertainment stuff? are you completely sw- like transition out of the cheerleading world was that like look-
0: so basically, I have tried to uh mesh my worlds uh, I want them to collide in a sense to where mm-hmm. I can use my um my things that I like the, the craft that I've been mastering over the past 15 years I want to be able to use that uh in uh in a way that uh, that's lucrative you know what I'm saying so I don't want to you know go cold turkey which is something I tried to do when I was a little bit of a, a younger kid and was like I'm just going to leave cheerleading behind I want to retire it's, <laughs> it's it's very big culture in all-star cheerleading at a tight level uh to retire at a younger age and quote get a real job it, it's a it's a it's a weird culture because we we wanted to seem like we were too cool at the time, and you know, I I turned to some of my friends that were a little bit older, and I look at them and they all did some sort of uh, job that, you know, involved cheerleading. Whether they were a coach or a gym owner, or they did mm-hmm. camps, or they made uh, cheerleading shoes um, or apparel, whatever it was. And I was like, okay, well, what do I like? I like cheerleading. I'm a little bit of a nerd about it. Um, I know it up and down, in and out forward, backwards. And somehow I got into choreography uh, and I started doing routines. Like it was small stuff around the gym. I was like, I want to do a dance. You know, I went to our gym owners, like I want to do a dance for this team and you can pay me 50 bucks. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and, and then I started realizing that um, a lot of these kids that are popular in cheerleading, they go around the country and they do camps and they make 150 bucks a kid uh, a day and they'll have like 100 kids, you know, at this camp. And mm-hmm. it, it, it was like, wow. And I was like, okay, well, once I started to do uh, choreography, I realized there were, ma- there were much less choreographers because it, it takes a vast knowledge of your sport in all levels, in all age groups to be able to do uh, a routine or construct a routine in the, the proper way that's competitive for their next year. And instead of doing $150 a kid, you know, I'm realizing, oh, these choreographers getting three grand a day for eight hours of mental work. And and I was like, well, if I can solve this Rubik's cube because I already know the algorithm, well, let's let's get this money. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, secure
1: um, that I, bag. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I started uh, doing choreography, and it ended up taking me on this international journey. Um, and over the years, I've been doing choreography uh, around the country and outside of the country uh, during the summertime. And you know that what at one point that was paying my entire year. In advance, and I, I didn't realize oh, wow. what I was doing, and I didn't realize like how big this thing was. So after that, I started becoming more selective. Um, I started really reaching out to my friends who have now become coaches of teams, co- become owners of gyms, um, and really made it work to my benefit. And then I moved into um, voiceovers, uh, to where I will do voiceovers in the mix, uh, and they would have to request oh, cool. that. Through, yeah, they would have to request that through the producer and um also um i even started mixing music but then i realized it took all it took up too much of my time to where everything was overlapping and i now had a problem of where i had too many things that i could do and i could be selective about what i wanted to do uh that i would really really dive into so choreography uh, and consultations uh where they'll fly me in and i'll just look at the routine and say my thoughts and I'm, i'm literally paid for my brain and i don't have to do a lot of physical work And, um, and then somewhere along the line, after being a part of so many successful teams, um, you know, I had all these rings uh, that we win. And for some reason, uh, someone was like, hey, we want you to design a ring for us. You have so many, you know what it takes. Uh, You know what these kids have been through. So we think you would have great insight as to what our ring should look like. And, and and that started in 2018 and I was just doodling on little notepad paper and doing these wow. awful designs. And <laughs> two years later, I am now uh, the premier custom ring designer for a $6.8 billion company. And I really uh, just redid all of cheerleading's event rings and I do custom rings for almost every major team in cheerleading. Um, and I get to now just sit at home when I'm not on set and just draw. and. And make a living off of it as a, and it's a side job. So I, I do choreography, mm-hmm. uh, consultations, cheerleading voiceovers, and uh, custom championship ring designs. And thank you, cheerleading. It's now given me uh, more time to go and pursue stuff for San Juan versus doing something for somebody else.
1: Gotcha! Wow, that is amazing that you've been able to, you know, basically perfect your craft, master your craft at cheerleading, not just the physical aspect of it but like the business side of it and being somebody who's like the go-to where like you said you were having yourself spread like way too thin and now you get to be more selective of the projects you take over and you have your name known your voice is on a lot of the mixes Um, and then even to the point where you're designing the champion rings which kind of makes sense since you have so many of them I mean I'm surprised (laughs) they didn't reach out to you Sooner. That's so cool that you've been able to get to that place where you can actually, you know, focus on the things that you want and you've been able to master something such as cheerleading, which I think is a great way to segue into, okay, so you've mastered cheerleading, right? In all of this. And you said it's opened up time for you to kind of focus on the San Juan thing. So I'm curious to know what was like, how were you able to kind of balance that out in the beginning? like balance out doing the cheerleading thing while also trying to break into the entertainment like influencer space?
0: Well, um, uh, when I moved to LA, I actually had a, a great, great, great role model uh, look out for me and help me make the transition a little bit easier. And this was at mm. the point where I was at a, a mental state where I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not gonna cheer, blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna just do me. And, <laughs> you know, I was And how long thinking. ago was
1: this again? When did you move this to Hollywood? L-
0: This was July 4th, 2014. Okay. And I moved and my boyfriend helped me move. I came all the way up to Louisville. We got a truck and and threw the car (laughs) on the trailer and, you know, did the big drive and everything. And uh, my big sis, uh, Tadra, called just... Oh my God, big, 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 big YouTuber. Um,
1: Yes, I love his stuff. It was actually, I think you, that kind of where I got to see a lot of his videos and then started watching more of it. And like, he's just on a whole nother level now. Yeah,
0: he's he's ridiculous. And he's just this super genius. And uh, he saw me doing my thing um, Mm -hmm. around the time where like Vine was huge and I was still in Google. And I basically um, accidentally created this like global, trend that everyone's doing because there was like owling and planking at the time and then I introduced <laughs> uh wailing to the world and it, I remember that everywhere. My gosh, it went literally everywhere. Like major news platforms, Chelsea Lately, Steve Harvey, um uh, uh Queen Latifah, uh Airheads uh, I don't know if I can say all these brands but sorry. Um like Barefoot Wines, <laughs> Vineyard Vines, all these like Eden Tide, like KFC, all these places we're reaching out and then my first manager came along my gosh Um, and it was just ridiculous and he saw that and he was like I love what you're doing Um, I really appreciate seeing like a young black man especially a young black gay man doing his thing surviving thriving and I support that completely and I want you to come out um, if you're thinking about visiting just come out for a week see how you like it Um, and if you love it you can totally stay here and the most beautiful thing of all he was like you can stay here like a hundred percent free. I'm not here to like fill a room and get rent. Like I wanna provide an opportunity for someone else that's been through what I've been through and, and really help you you know, hop wow. on the fast track. And he was such an incredible influence and role model. And just a, again, a big sister in a sense where I was like, yo, like somebody's looking out and I love that. And so I got to move into this ridiculous, whimsical mansion um, and not spend a red cent. All I had to do was just worry about being creative and it was a blessing. It really, really was truly a blessing. Yeah. So shout out to Big Sis, love you girl. Um, he, is, he is absolutely phenomenal in every sense of the word. I, I really do appreciate somebody that is able to look uh, look back and say, hey, like I'm gonna help you out. And that's what I've learned from him uh, is, you know, I, if I had a friend that was like struggling like to like move wasn't sure where to go, didn't have resources. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be the first one to hop on and say, hey, I got you, I know so-and-so. I can, you know, whatever you're looking for. If you want to do underwater basket, uh, basket weaving, believe in <laughs> the chief girl, I'll, I'll come out here and I'll find somebody. And I, I really think that just helping somebody, uh, you know, that is a little bit uh, less farther along than you is kind of what it's really about. So that's that's a beautiful thing. That was really, really cool. And uh, to get back to the point, sorry. Um, no, that's great. I was really far removed from cheerleading and um, yeah, and, and somehow, some way, you know, I saw my first cheerleading audition and I'm just like, wait, what? And I, I just hopped right into it. They were like, you have, you're literally perfect for this. And, and then it moved into like stunting roles. And I was like, all right, well let's let's not forget about cheerleading completely and um, let's use it to my advantage. That's why I trained so hard. I want to be able to do this for a very long mm-hmm. time. and. It meshed very well with my newer world, and I was very surprised.
1: Wow! Wait, so you were getting roles with your cheerleading skill set in the beginning? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, wow! And uh, going back to um, having Tadric as like your your mentor and kind of like taking you under his wing, I'm interested to know if like since he let you stay with him. And i remember in the beginning like he just would have all his friends help out with all his videos like he did everything himself so it was like the house kind of like an incubator of creatives like you and him and other people that were just trying to grow and build together
0: so it was uh his house and it is basically like his assistants lived in the house his mm-hmm. uh two best friends lived in the house and myself and it was always the house is always open. Everybody knows how to get in the house and anybody can come over at any time. So it was almost like a creative's kind of space, but not mm-hmm. necessarily it was still a home, which was what was beautiful. Um, but he would use the house to his advantage. It wasn't just to sleep. So like all the the uh, walls were always like decorated. Like some walls are painted, you know, uh cotton candy flavored. Some walls <laughs> were literally a full Christmas tree with lights in it. Wow. And there's all these different like ice cream seats and candy towers and all these bright, beautiful sets. Everything was Instagram worthy. Everything was able to be used for a video. The garage was painted purple and one side was a green screen. So we could use the house literally for any and every single project. Um, So he really made his house uh, into a space where he can make it, make him money versus spending money just living there. Um, So uh, it was, it was just a cool space to be in.
1: Gotcha. Wow. That's cool that you're you were you had that blessing of an opportunity and being able to be surrounded by people that, you know, Hollywood can be such a negative place and you can mm-hmm. meet so many of the wrong people, but from the beginning you had people to support you and nurture your craft and help you navigate, you know, in Hollywood and in the industry. And it was cool to see that you could be a part of those projects but then also be able to use your cheerleading skill sets to kind of get your foot in the door as an actor and getting those those roles. And I'm assuming there were like commercials or was it like shows and movies starting out?
0: Uh, started out with like music videos, especially with Todric. He was always, you know, sending his assistants out to, you know, put stuff uh, out on the internet, uh, to go pick mm-hmm. up things from um, Western Costume Company, uh, you know, just just full scale projects. And because I was there, he's like, hey, we're doing a video today. And he's always so calm when he speaks. It's very, very, very haunting in a sense, (laughs) because there's always so (laughs) much going on. And there's like always Mm -hmm. 20 people around him at one point. And he's always very calm and level-headed. And so all I did was take my cues from him and to see how he operates and to see how he thinks and how he goes about a situation, whether it's, you know, the beginning stages where it's just a simple light bulb or whether it's the middle, we're in the studio or we're on set actually filming and the end, you know what I'm saying? Like when we do a turnaround and it's like, hey, we two days ago, we thought of an idea. The next day we were in the studio recording. The next day we're getting stuff ready. The next day we're shooting. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, after that, it's like, okay, well, we're releasing this music video tomorrow and it's 11 (laughs) o'clock. And it's always (laughs) like he doesn't like to wait. And he's very if I have to wait on somebody, then that means I need to do it myself. And I loved. I loved seeing that uh, because I, I I was now validated in my thoughts. I thought I was insane. I thought I was crazy. I thought I was impatient. And to have another person that looks like me and acts like mm-hmm. me and thinks the way I do, you know, I was just like, wow, I, I am now reassured that I'm not an absolute, like, maniac for wanting these things. And I thought that was really cool. <laughs>
1: yeah wow it's so cool seeing like hearing this this insider kind of view of this because i obviously from the outside you kind of just assume or you know just watch but like learning about like the behind the scenes of that is just really cool and really motivating and inspiring to hear that you've been working on um since you've been working on different types of projects like you know from the music videos um to being on wall and out to being stunt double for like kevin hart and floyd mayweather like holy crap that's freaking crazy what <laughs> what has been like your favorite project to work on
0: oh gosh
1: uh, um, <laughs> i know it so, has to be a hard question
0: that's so because hard. you've done
1: so many quick things but yeah. i mean there has to be like one that's been what? like your all-time favorite
0: <laughs> and you know what at first i would say it at first at one point it was working with kevin hart because that was a big dream of mine and again like to see someone that looks like me and act like me like someone that's outlandish and that's that's loud and very just like forthright and and again like he's a tiny but mighty creature you know so is he
1: just like how he is like what we what we see of him is he like that in person
0: all you see is that's all he is so like and it's very much the same with um the wild and Out cast like and i tell people because they always ask me the same thing they're like is justina the same is dc the same i'm like guys we literally play games all day they just happen to start recording at some point we, we're, <laughs> we're very much the same and yes kevin is very much that person he's very warm and inviting and funny and he'll you know he'll pick at you and and you'll have a little banter back and forth and it just so happens like when it's time to actually film he'll go to the spot he's supposed to and you know, he's like, Where's the camera? All right, cool, bet. Let's let's get it. And it, it's very, it's very much just just himself. And I really like that there's a small person that's a mighty uh, you know, presence in the world because again, what I'm used to seeing is these taller, you know, white guys, these mm-hmm. these ginormous like hero roles, and they're all six foot two and six foot eight foot twelve, and you know perfect chisel muscles great <laughs> smile and all this craziness and and I don't I never saw me I never saw me and then as Kevin got bigger and bigger and bigger more and more people took notice to me that I don't know how so his success started getting eyes on me you know what I'm saying And that, wow. that's what I thought was really cool and he had no idea he's just doing his thing and mm-hmm. all all that trickle down the ripple effects of it turned to people like no, oh, you look like Kevin Hart you know hey what do you do and and just I, I never thought that one day I'd actually get to work with him. Uh, it was just a random dream, and I put it out there in the universe. I said, "Dear Lord, Father <laughs> God, uh, it's me. I know you see me on the call ID, but I pick it up." <laughs> and I just put it—I just put it out there. And and man, it, it popped up one day in a in an audition, and I, 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 uh, through my LA casting, and I said, "Wait a minute. I don't know if it's real. I don't know if somebody just you know fucking with me. Uh, let's." Let's go for it. And I walked in and I was myself. I wore all black. I wore my little sunglasses. I literally walked in the entire building as if I was him and got some looks. <laughs> people thought he <laughs> was here for a second. And then the director in the room was like, Have you worked with him before? I was like, No. He's like, Well, you pretty much are the same people. And I was like, Well, thank you. Cut this check, bitch. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like 15 minutes later, I get a call. And then 20 minutes later, I'm on the phone with my mom in tears. And I'm like, Mom, Aww. I did it! 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 And I could not stop saying it for 30 minutes. I, I did it! I did it! I oh my God! It was such a cool feeling. Aww. I got responsible. Was- so, wow, yeah, <laughs> I
1: did it. Well, hearing you say that like brings tears to my eyes because I can I can feel that from you. I can only imagine, you know, what that moment was like and like you just telling your mom, your mom's probably just so excited for you and it's like, is this even real? Is this even happening? That's so awesome. Yeah.
0: She's like, my baby, my baby. I'm like, I know, girl, now get off my phone. I need to get on Instagram, thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you said that you would have said that that was your favorite project. Were you gonna say that something else more recent? Has
0: been in uh, favorite project? Yes. By far, I think my favorite project. Um, you know, my favorite project was um, it's it's a it's a short film. It's a short mm-hmm. film, you know, and it's so surprising that I would not pick Wild and Out because that's it's a close second, but it's obvious because it's the biggest thing I've done so far, truly, where I get to just be me. Um, a short film that I did, uh, I had a manager. Uh, at the time and bless her heart, she didn't quite understand me. And, and again, my sense of urgency, I don't want to say my impatience, but my sense of urgency, the clock is ticking. You got to get on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There's money sitting out there for you to go and grab and take to the bank. But if you don't get off your ass and go get it, then somebody else will period big dot. And, and I was like, okay, I was talking to her. She said, what are your goals? And I said, I want to do this. I want to do that. And uh, one of the things was to really get Kevin Hart's attention and show him everything that I can do. And she's like, all right, well, I got in touch with heartbeat productions and you need to, um, you need a reel, you need something. So we're going to take the next six months and do background work. And I said, six months, I have their attention now. I'm not doing six (laughs) months of walking behind these tall white people standing there with my head facing to the back. That's not a reel. That's a waste of my time and yours, as a matter of fact. And I was so hurt and I was—I don't know why I got offended that she said, let's take six months. And I was just like, I don't know if she's so used to the old school way of doing things, but in my head, I'm from the world of Todrick. I'm doing this now because in Mm -hmm. six months, they don't care, they don't care for me, they've moved on. So I went and took all the money that I had saved to move to LA and have, you know, I I saved up $10,000 and and it, it that sucked but i did it and i don't know how on earth i did it because i was so irresponsible still am and i took this money and i was like i'm gonna do a project i'm gonna i'm gonna play Santon. i'm not gonna pretend to be somebody else like and you know actors always say acting is telling the truth but from your own perspective you know what i'm saying and, and mm-hmm. i took this project and i said i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be me and i'm gonna talk about my favorite stuff i'm gonna do my favorite things and God damn it, this is going to be the shit. And I'm <laughs> going to do it. That's what I'm going to do. So I took that and I made this concept called Free the Bee, where I am uh, age at four, which is Beyonce's favorite number. I and, and I went on this adventure to go save the queen. And it was all the um, the the script was based around her favorite things, her favorite colors, her song titles, um, her birthday. So we, we made this thing make sense. Uh, from a perspective, if you're a Beyonce fan, you pick every reference up, and I made mean, immediately. So I did <laughs> that, and during this thing, you know, I'm in the club, and I literally like got my friends involved in the club. I flew home to Louisville to uh, I we constructed a track, we produced a track for the movie, um, and we used it in the club scene, and then I go off and I go fight this group of people, these ginormous dudes who happen to be my friends. And we put together a fight scene. I wanted to show me and my ability. So in this thing, I'm this, I'm just this cool cat, just chilling. And then I, um, I'm a secret agent. And then I'm also like, um, I'm physical, you know what I'm saying? I put together a fight mm-hmm. scene and, and I got to, you know, kick a little ass, you know, and it was cool. Cause yes. I'm the short, tiny dude, but I still got skill and I can hold it down. And, <laughs> and I even got one of my friends that's from uh, the star show, Spartacus to be like the big, bad villain at the end. And and just, I put, you know, all my creative juices into this and we went and got the drones and all the locations mm-hmm. and all the, the stuff we needed. And it was really cool because at the end of the day, when I got this thing together, you know, and I took a note from Todrick, I was like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to do this. And I did it. Once again, I did it a million times. Um, I saw this full scale project and I was like, wow. And it, we did it in less than two weeks. You know what I'm saying? It was really, yeah. really cool. And I tried my best and it was very, I see why there's 500 people working on a project behind <laughs> the scenes before anybody else yeah. because it, it takes so many people. And um, again, in my head, I was like, what would Target do? What would he do? And I got it done and I sent this back to my manager and I released it on Beyonce's birthday. And um, literally she calls me back 10 minutes later and she was in complete shock. She was like, you did this? I was like, you damn skippy. Yes, and, I did. You damn right. <laughs> and, and she was like, wow, wow, wow. She's like, where did you get all the, the graphics from? Where'd you get all the locate? I was like, I I got friends, girl. And also, <laughs> I have the attention of somebody I want the attention of. I'm not sitting on my ass. And she was like, yeah. well, I, I did not see this from you. And I was like, well, that's that's the issue. You didn't see it. So, exactly. you know, that's, the fact that was that my she favorite didn't,
1: project. Yeah, the fact that she didn't even, like, she didn't expect this from you, I feel like is a red flag you know like to be so shocked that you could do this and put this together kind of shows that she probably wasn't on the same page as you kind of already felt in your heart so
0: right so i was like i need you in my corner and i need you to think if if you tell me to defy gravity i'm gonna say okay cool like i i want you to literally think that i can do anything because that's what i think i'm going to be able to do anything that i put my mind to and uh yeah that was that was my favorite project because like I was able to just kind of flex my creative muscles and I was able to really mm-hmm. put myself to the test to know that if I'm in charge one day and, you know, that's the end goal is to be in charge and be able to do what I want when I want and make money off of it. And and while I'm sleeping, I'm still getting a check. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I would yeah. I really, really, really like that I was able to pull that off. And I love that I was able to be myself. I, would, I didn't have to pretend for anybody. I didn't have to put on some fake face or change my voice or act different. I was able to be Santon. And that's what was my favorite thing about it. And, and that's another reason why I and out is a close second, because I'm embraced in a setting where I'm the only person of my kind. I'm the unicorn in the room and mm-hmm. they embrace me like I'm one of the family. And it's, it's, it's fucking awesome to be quite frank with you. And I, I appreciate the things that they let me do. Um, and, and, I, and that's why I love it. That's why I really do love uh, that environment.
1: Talking about Wallin' Out, how did this even happen? <laughs> like, I mean, group, you know, it's been on the air for so long. Everybody who watches it like loves Wallin' Out, and then it's just like you've been doing doing it now for what three seasons?
0: Two. Uh, my third season will be coming up. Yes. So, um, a friend of mine in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, he sees a random thing online uh, that Nick put out, and was like, "Samplin'." we're going to do this. And I was like, okay, bet. Like, let's get it. <laughs> <And> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize like how deep it went. I thought it was just like for a quick episode or for an appearance. I was like, all right, whatever. It's a, it's a cute side project, whatever. I didn't, I didn't overthink it. I didn't like get all in my head. Like, Oh my God. I was like, what did it say?
1: It. What was it calling
0: for? Uh, it was an open call. Uh, they were like, if you think you got the chops, you know, pull up, you know, if you think you, got okay. it, you can handle okay. it the best, you know, do your thing, and I was like, "I right, bet." So I, I'm driving, <laughs> literally, just all in LA traffic. Love that. Um, mm-hmm. And I just took a video uh, on my phone and just talked a little shit for about a minute. And I think it was like on a Wednesday. And on Friday morning, I get an email, and they were like, "Hey, we really liked your video. We want you to come in for an audition." And I set up so goddamn fast. About you know. <laughs> But I caught a cramp in my damn neck, girl. I, I, I sat up and was like, "What?" And they were like, "Yeah, we want to know. Can we get on the phone?" And I was like, "Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit!" Oh, shit. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> so I get on the phone, and they're like, "We really want you to come in. We think we'd enjoy your 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 character." Um, and I was like, "Okay, cool." And the next day, I'm sitting at Viacom down the street, across from Roscoe's. Love that. Um, and I'm I'm just in this room. And I, uh, they walk me in, and the second I walk in, you know, I, and I'm, I'm like, be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. Don't be nervous, just be yourself. So I walk in, mm-hmm. and then some ladies talk to me. I was like, where I stand standing? And I literally look over, and Nick already is dying laughing. And I'm like, okay, then <laughs> I was like, I'm in the right headspace. You know, he's, I, I've already pulled him in. All I got to do is just keep going. So I came in, just auditioned, and, you know, they were like, we love your your, your social media. We see you can, you can do all these things, and we love that you can sing, you can flip we love it you got a personality we haven't seen any rapping on your uh, they're, they're like we, we think that might be a weakness you know y- you got bars and I was like <laughs> what you mean <laughs> so I uh, you know I hit a little some form and they actually were very surprised so in because of voiceovers again thank you cheerleading because of the voiceovers that I do um, and you know having a musical background I grew up in church and and was in chorus all through high school. and But mainly with cheerleading, I, I, I knew what it took to, to deliver something and really say it with conviction, even if it's on the spot. And if it's wrong, be wrong and strong. Like say it like you mean it. And and again, because of the voiceovers, that's all I was doing in my head. But to them, I'm just rapping, you know what I'm saying? So I, I, mm-hmm. I used cheerleading again and used being put on the spot to execute a skill uh, and and it worked out and they they flew me uh, first class <laughs> they flew me, uh, to Atlanta and and you know put me up uh, with the cast and I, I was only supposed to be there for a day for two episodes. Um, and they you know I, I did the episodes and they were like, Hey, what's your schedule like? Do you have anywhere to be tomorrow? And I was like, What's wrong? Am I in trouble? They are like, No, we want you to stay for the rest of the season. And <laughs> when I tell you a bitch fell
1: out. oh my my
0: gosh that's amazing what yeah so that happened and I was like that's fucking nuts so my mom really lost her shit I was like mom I get to stay for the rest of the season and she's like my baby my baby and you know mom they're out of control (laughs) yes and uh it was amazing and I was like okay well love that and it happened and I let it go. I was like, okay, don't overthink it. Just let it be. So I'm in Germany for choreography um, and just sitting there chilling. And I get this email and they're like, uh, attention, all cast members. This is your contract for season 15. Please sign da. da, da, da. We'll see you there. And d- just, I was like, damn, ain't nobody going to send me an email and say, would you like just nothing. They just sent me. Assume. contract. <laughs> yeah i was like okay well i ain't got nothing else to do shit so um out of nowhere they're like you know here you go and this is your contract this is what you get every season like and this is what it's going to be as the seasons grow and you are now you know you got to do the shows uh the tours uh events so and, and award shows and I, and I was like wait a minute it happened i th- i never was able to put my 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 head on like or wrap my head around the, the it thing and I, I, I was like oh my god I put my finger on it right there I was like this is it this is me crossing over and transitioning into doing what I want to do and entertain people being myself and man and since then it's been freaking crazy and uh season 15 has been filmed in December and we're gonna once this whole uh, pandemic is over we are going to be doing season 16 and um yeah I'm the next five seasons your boy's in there <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh congratulations like really oh, yeah. i'm so me and from me and kevin we are so proud of you we obviously have been watching you from afar since pretty much day one and I'm so <laughs> happy for you and so excited for what's to come out of you know while and out but also just what's going to come from that you know whatever your future is going to hold so just wanted to take a moment and really congratulate you and say how proud we are of you
0: thank you love
1: yes you are so welcome um would you say that that was like you felt like the turning point in your career where you felt like you did it like you're successful in this in hollywood i felt felt like it's the start
0: you know what i'm saying i felt like that was this Mm -hmm. this is i think it's i don't know if it's too early to say it but i think it's the catalyst i think it takes it takes one yes bro like it takes one person mm-hmm. to be like yo I see you I see you completely through and through I think you have something we want to we want to uh, build on that and we want to mold you to be ready to take you to the next step so I think it's a big ass stepping stone and it's something I'll be I'm gonna, I'll Absolutely. be eternally grateful for and I think it's gonna pretty much propel me into visibility I think that's the biggest thing is to if, if people can see me and know that I exist because I think that's that's one of the biggest things that kind of keeps people like inside themselves and to where they feel like I'm going to go home. I've been here for two weeks and ain't nothing happened. I've been in L.A. a month. Ain't nothing happened. I came to L.A. to take over the world. I came to L.A. to, you know, fuck it up. I came to L.A. to do this, that, and the mm-hmm. third. And, I, and the thing is, I, I, I will never forget this. Someone told me, you know, I think it might have been Kevin. Dead ass, like, you know, put your 10,000 hours in. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I've got about 10,000 hours of cheerleading. And I was like, no wonder I'm so comfortable in that. You know, I'm not going to walk in an audition for a a drama role and say, I'm Beyonce. (laughs) That's not me. I'm not trained in that. But if it's cheerleading and I walk in the room, bitch, the fuck? Yes, I'm Beyonce. You're welcome. Like (laughs) I know know that and I'm grateful for it. And and it's extremely humbling, but it's okay to have that confidence and know who you are. It, It takes a real person to have that foundation and that rooted mindset of like i know what i am and i know what i can deliver and and what i bring to the table as as a human first and what i can do for somebody else uh that's also on the same path and you know i i i I really thought about that and to some of my friends that have left so early because they were so discouraged because they felt like they weren't seen you know what i'm saying like i feel like if one person would have looked at them and be like hey man Even if they gave them a little high five, it was like, yo, like, I see what you're doing. You're just starting, but like fucking keep working, bro. Keep it up because I see where you're going to end up. And I think no one's actually been given that that reassurance and from somebody else that they would look up to and actually receive that from. Mm -hmm. And I think they leave so quickly because they're like, man. I did not. Get, now, to me, that's a little bit of impatience. But again, it's from a sense of urgency and wanting to be seen and wanting to be acknowledged because in life, it's like that's the main thing we want, like if, like whether it's, you know, gay rights or women's rights or whatever the acknowledgement is what we want. And that's something that's deep in our human spirit. It, and it's it's huge. If you don't receive any acknowledgement on your journey, it feels like it's just going to be for fuck all, you know what I'm saying? It's like it yeah. has to be for something. So you don't want your journey to be in vain. You don't want your journey to be, you know, not recognized and and man, I think to be seen in this light and, and to be received and embraced so well by people who are extremely successful, leaps and bounds beyond myself, it makes me want to do more. It really does.
1: Wow, well, yes. I mean, the fact, I mean, your journey so far, you've done so much. Well, your cheerleading journey like itself is like a dream and like, you know, a life journey for most like just one person. But the fact that like you've done that and you're you didn't just stop there and you wanted to expand and give more of yourself and be that person to pave the way for people like yourself and to challenge yourself and grow. And like you're still you've gotten to where you are today. And this is just kind of really the beginning. I mean, that's just so inspiring and so powerful that, that you've been you. able to do that. You're welcome. Could, I don't know if what you can or cannot share, but what does like the behind the scenes of taping a while and Out episode look like? I know a lot of people, you know, we, see, we only see the finished product, but not a lot of people know like, you know, there's a ton of people that work behind the scenes or like certain parts are scripted or certain parts aren't or, you know, there's so many things that go into the production of shows like that. So I was just curious if you could give us a little like walkthrough of what, you know, a taping of a show look like
0: um <clears throat> so in a normal setting you know uh it's it's quite interesting um really and, yeah it's so fun it, it's we're always on our toes you know what i'm saying and every day uh nile our executive producer he's our coach bro he's 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 our fucking coach he's our dad he's our, our the alpha in the group like you know nick is in charge yes but like we have a headstrong like motivational uh uh you know somebody to push us every single day and we come in and, you know, we get picked up and we get brought over to uh, the studio lot and uh, shout out to Tyler Perry studios. They're incredible. And our crew, our crew and our security guards, they're the best. And our cooks, they be putting their foot (laughs) in it, girls. So we come in and we head up, you know, to the kitchen, we get some breakfast, real quick we go on over the wardrobe and you know we get to pick we get like five outfits to pick from every episode we shoot three episodes a day that's really awesome uh what time
1: are you guys coming in so you said breakfast so it's like early in the morning
0: oh yeah so we'll get there around like uh 10 10 30 ish okay um and it's real fun you know it's it's not like the crack of dawn kind of thing but we're there 10 10 30 and we get you know get a little breakfast in us so we're not like mentally exhausted and physically exhausted we come in go to wardrobe they give us options for every episode and we can mix and match we can bring our own things it's one of those things where you can just completely be yourself and once you pick out your outfit for your first show you leave it with the seamstress they put all your stuff on all your name on and all that and then you go down and you hang out for a little bit just you know there's there's this room it's called the green room but it's all black and red and and, and it's, it's a beautiful sight. There's all these little candy stations and there's food and there's little <laughs> games. It's a little arcade and a DJ and the monitors around the room of the set and couches and stuff. And we can just kind of hang back and be in a space where we're just relaxed and it's not stressful. And then uh, once we go into rehearsal, it's really awesome. Uh, we go into rehearsal and then we find out the games we're playing like then we don't know ahead of time so we we find the games out during rehearsal and basically the rehearsal is for the wild and out girls for placement it's for uh nick to you know know the games we're talking about and also it's for uh camera and lighting blocking so we will then just play just for shits and giggles and we won't know what we're talking about we just play um Mm -hmm. we play the games and stuff and hang out but it's more organized chaos so that like the people working the mics can know what's up they know who needs what microphone because then we get an order or we get who we're going against so that's all we know and then we go back once rehearsals are over and we go through every episode once then then once we do that we go back and like get dressed we go eat and then they'll say okay cool like you know 20 minutes till uh, show a this is your actual subject good luck <laughs> um and it's like we find out right then like it's usually like 10 to 15 minutes before we go on. They're like, okay, this is what you're doing. Like, this is your actual subject or whatever. Um, and sometimes the, even they won't tell us then, like depending on the game, they're like, this is the game. All right, good luck. And it's a thing where, and Nile talks to us. He's like, listen, today bring the funny, bring you, bring your A game. You need to be loud and proud. You need to be out out there and strong. And he's like, none of this is guaranteed. We have flights on standby ready to send anybody home. This is not, this is not a place to be comfortable. You have not done it yet. You have not made it this is where you prove why you should be here and it's one of those things every day every single show is an audition every single show is them looking at you to see like what are you doing how are you bringing your a-game are you progressing as a comedian are you are you are you leveling up as an entertainer what's your stage presence what's your value to this show and to this team if you're not an asset then we're wasting money so and and it's Mm. if they keep it all the way real every day. He is telling us what's up and it's not to scare us. It's to remind us you're here because you have something. Now you need to really actually deep, like dig deep, like dive deep into that soul and pull out something genuinely funny. And he's like today's challenge, no dick and pussy jokes. Today's challenge is to reference something. Yeah. So he'll, he'll give us challenges and, and really make us, you know, really did and, and <laughs> ma- master a, a new craft, uh, for, well, at least for me. Um, and he helps us that way. And it makes for such interesting outcomes because when the audience reacts and they're laughing, like everybody in the back, we're actually dying too because we're all waiting on the same moment. No one knows what's going to be said. No one knows what's going to come out of people's mouths. And mm-hmm. it's a beautiful thing to be able to do like just sketch comedy and improv and just, playing games and at the end of the day we're all just playing games and having a blast but it's work it's mental work and we do you know three shows in a row uh and they'll rotate oh, the dang. audience out <laughs> and, and, and it's it's a lot it's a lot and we the, after the first two shows we get a quick break you know we get changed between everything and and by time the third show's done your mind is grits
1: yeah <laughs> um, i can imagine
0: and and uh yeah we'll we'll grab some more dinner We'll hop in the Sprinters and we'll go back to uh, the hotel and just kick it. And what's funny is we get back to the hotel. Nothing changes. We go right to the bar. We go, everyone just wants to, everyone's like clinging to each other. We still want to just be around each other and we still play games at the hotel. And we just like talk shit about how it's almost like having like a night out at the club. We just want to talk about what happened that day. And yeah. uh, it's so fun, man. It, it's just a bunch of big ass kids just talking shit. And, and it it's funny because you realize these people are exactly the person you see but with 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 like real thoughts and and and, and wants and needs and we'll talk to each other about you know pows and wows we'll say what's a pow in your life right now like what you taking a hit from and what's a wow mm-hmm. like what's some good going on in your life like how can we you know how can we congratulate you how can we make you feel better you know what i'm saying like and we don't talk too much about the show and that aspect we want to talk about your personal because we want to get to know you. And, and even if they've known each other for years, they just still check up on each other. And um, everybody on the show is extremely supportive. And that's what I really enjoy. Everybody pulls you to the side, especially me being the new kid. They're like, hey, you need anything cool? Like You're killing it, bro. And I'm like, I'm good. I, I feel retarded at, at some point because everyone's checking <laughs> on me. You know, yeah. I feel like, what am I doing wrong? And they're like, no, we're just checking on you. And I, I really in, enjoy that process. So it's, it's a long day. Um, of, of just not knowing what's going to happen next and it's it really hones your attention into like this tunnel vision of I need to bring this funny I need to bring this and I need to make this crowd absolutely come unstitched. because if I'm not delivering every day a game then well she's going home <laughs> so
1: <laughs> wow that's so cool like getting that inside scoop on that and then also it's such a you know a fr- uh, fresh breath of air just to hear that people everybody's just supportive of each other you know you hear bad things about hollywood and then it's such a like a you know shit talking show but the guy the fact that like you guys thrive together you collaborate even after quote, like work, you guys still want more of each other and then you even want to, you know, go beyond the surface and dig deep and like really be there for each other and even hearing how like, you know, they're not like hazing you as a new person, but they're more like (laughs) overly like checking on you because they know what it was like when they started and they just want to make sure that you're good and you're thriving and, you know, if you need anything, they got you. So that's, that's really awesome
0: yeah it's it's pretty cool because they know man we every, even we have a couple white people on on the cast but every and even they get it it's like they're like we we have plenty of people that don't you know quite support us or don't don't see us as talent and they don't they don't see us they don't acknowledge mm-hmm. you know the talent that's there and you know what we can bring as you know comedians and entertainers and 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 rap battlers and all that and and so it's it's one of those things where it's like we know there's plenty of people in the world that don't necessarily you know stand in our corner so we would do each other a disservice uh to to not uplift and to to help you know bring into the light and challenge and push forward and 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 really make you a better human being most of all but a better
1: comedian absolutely wow when you're doing all of these things all these different projects. I'm curious to know if you have like a daily routine. Like, what does a normal day of San Juan look like? <laughs> or is it different a, every day?
0: <laughs> well, a normal day for me is not normal. That is, so, if it's a normal regular day, like you're uh, normal, <laughs> right? Right. So with, with, with this, with the quarantine thing, and waking up every day doing the same thing, just sitting watching Netflix and you know doing some ring work, I'm going absolutely insane. Um, I it's, bet. So for me, when it's on the fly and I have something else to do and it's not what I did yesterday, that's a normal day for me. So I can go fly to Dallas or fly to Orlando for a competition and then I'll fly over to um, Atlanta, go do a show, and then I'll go the next day to Indianapolis to do, like we'll have a meeting for Herb Jones, which is the ring company that I designed for. And then I'll come home and I'll do a music video with Todrick and then I'll have um, <laughs> I'll have a podcast interview with my girl. Um, and it's like, if you do all these different things all the time, I'm so used to being able to hop on a jet, go somewhere, come home, do a project. And and when I have three days off, I'm like, okay, it's it's family time, like I'll call my, you know, I stay up with my mom mm-hmm. and my sister a lot. And then my second family with my white mom and my three brothers, like I, I stay up with them as much as possible, but, um, I really, really, really like having a moment where I just take time and just call them, check on them, make sure everything's cool. They check on my sanity, which it's never been in the first place. So that's how we're here. And <laughs> when, I, when I get back home, I want to like take a moment for me and and breathe, just go treat myself to like a little, you know, a little acai bowl to go get a cupcake. And it's by myself, mm-hmm. my phone's off. I'm just sitting in the sun, enjoying a little cupcake. Like it's such a simple joy. Um, and then later that day, I'll just, get all my friends together we will get all dressed up red carpet ready and we'll go out on the town and get a table have some food together um and i love i love my clubs i go to because literally we can have a full barbecue spread of food and some bottles and just good music and good people and to just see my friends in one spot and we're all just chilling and, Mm -hmm. and eating and just shooting the shit and just kicking back like I, that's the shit I'm definitely going to remember when I'm old because it's like I never get to see them so that's why I really love coming home and having one or two days off or three days and just being able to like just decompress and, and just you know get some get some genuine love like some good hugs and people being like miss you and just just spending time with them is it's really awesome so my days aren't normal
1: <laughs> but that's <laughs> my normal <laughs> yeah well it sounds like you have a good balance at least of work and not a play and like actual genuine connection and support and family. Like you get to have all of those milestones where I've he- heard so many stories of like people just working and working or traveling so much, but seems like you've been able to have like a good balance. Do you have any assistance or like do you have like a team? I know you've mentioned you touched on like having like a manager or something. Like what does like your team look like? Do you manage everything yourself? Or are you part of an agency? What is that? How does that work in your world?
0: So um, at first I had a manager who was the absolute best person on the planet. I love this dude. I call him uncle. Um, his name's Patrick and he is based out of uh, Indy and he saw me doing the whole whaling thing and he was like he's like uh, he reached out and said I know your mom. She's absolutely great. She talks about you till the cows come home and she loves you to death." And I see you and I wanna help you. And he's like, one day it's gonna come a day where I can no longer help you. And I'm gonna give you away to somebody that can take you to the next level. But I just wanna start out with just helping you cause I really see what you're doing. And again, he's like, again, it's one of those things where he's like, I see you and I wanna help. And yeah, he he helped me out and got me together and he bought my first trademark for me. He was like, I'm not charging you a single dime. You don't owe me nothing. He's like, I'm gonna help you get a trademark. So like, I have a trademark for uh, whaling and basically anybody that uses that it's a thing of like they owe me 65 to 75% mm-hmm. or whatever it is of you know that profit and so for him to to really help kind of solidify you know what I was doing and really really try to push me and make this thing go and work in my favor it was really awesome and he never once like asked for a dollar he never once asked for a shout out wow. he never asked for notoriety and when the day came that I moved to LA and this uh, manager came along, this lady, uh, he was like, I told you, it's time. And he's like, I'm still going to be here for you. I'm in the shadows. Whatever you need, I got you. And I was like, not once ever did he ask me for a thing except just a call to check in every weekend So or check every week so he knows that I'm okay. And mm-hmm. that's why I really appreciated uh, having that type of person in my life. Um, it was great. It was great to have like just not even like a fatherly figure, but like a man's presence that was different for me in a sense that, that still like embraced me and, and wanted me to do better. So he gave me, uh, to this manager named, uh, well, we're not going to, we're not going to say her name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, That's not. not That's shine Uh, uh-uh. uh, um, she was, she was okay. Uh, and you know, no shade, <laughs> but all teeth, she didn't understand me. You know what I'm saying? She didn't really. Mm-hmm. Get me. She didn't understand my world or where I came from or my real wants and needs and what I could really offer, what I could really bring to the table. And she was just—I w- I don't know if I was just another number to her or whatever—but I was with her for six months, and dead ass. The only thing I did was background in her daughter's music video. So I'm like, yo, mm. what's up? Like, and I, I came to her one day and was like, I don't feel uh, very not appreciated but I just don't feel like you actually see me I don't I don't feel like you really rock with me and I would like to just be on my way and go about my business and we sat down and had that meeting and she's like you know I'm sorry you feel that way and you know we work a little bit slower here in LA things are just a little different and she's telling me all these things but in my head I'm like all I hear is Todrick just saying nah
1: <laughs> Cause, yeah
0: you know, Todrick was with Scooter Braun and that's the biggest in the world you know what I'm saying yeah. like And it was the same thing with him and, you know, not to put him out there, but he already talked about it in his Straight Out of Oz track where he was like, he he was like, yo, what are you doing with me? You know what I'm saying? All I'm hearing is blah, blah, blah. And you ain't actually doing nothing. And with him, he can make things work a little bit faster. But with this woman, she she took her time and it just took too long for me. And I said, well, you have a blessed day. And I still have my release papers just sitting here nice folded up in an envelope in case you want to jump stupid one day and come out the blue. (laughs) <laughs> and um, yeah, she she wasn't exactly what I was looking for. So now I manage myself um, and I'm looking for a team. I just started, like I, I thought about it a while ago and like posted about it real fast. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's not the time, but I'm gonna get to the point where <clears throat> sometime this year next, I'm gonna definitely need at least one assistant to help just organize my life. So I don't have to wake up every day and the first hour of my day is seeing what I have to do for the next week and organizing. And like, I would love to get up and just have some breakfast and somebody tell me what I got to do. I would mm-hmm. love
1: to. I hear that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what I got to do, where I got to be, who I got to see. Cause it's a lot, it's really a lot. And uh, I come into, like, I, we understand why people have teams, but like to see it firsthand, the level of stress that you go through having to do all this stuff yourself and then somehow remain happy and content and creative and, and not absolutely lose your shit. You know, it, that's, it really makes much more sense when it's happening to you. And it's, it's, it's something that like, I'm still holding it together, but the second I get an assistant and I get this team that's really like in my corner, their team to all day, all I gotta do is just just worry about, or all I gotta do is just be excited about um, just doing my things. That, that's what's biggest is just to be able to be creative.
1: Yeah, so people, so for you when you were trying to get jobs, obviously you kind of have a full plate now, but say like before, prior to landing like while and out, or having like as full of a schedule as you do now, or for somebody who's kind of starting out or trying to get their feet wet, how, how did you like land jobs? You look at certain places for um, open calls, like what does that look like to actually try to get jobs in the entertainment industry?
0: Um, uh, most LA actors know, like, uh, you know, Actors Access, LA Casting, you know, IMDB and all that. And then um, uh, as much as, like, techno- as technologically, uh, technologically, is that the fucking word? <laughs> as technologically <Yes. laughs> advanced as we are, you know, Hollywood is still, you know, old school when it comes to, like, word of mouth and networking and all that. So as mm. I did projects when I'm sitting here just vibing out with somebody, we just, you know, just talking, getting to know each other. You know, they know somebody that knew somebody that, you know, knew me or whatever the case. It was a thing of, you know, I would get random calls and they're like, we want you to come in and audition for such and such. And then it, and oh, wow. once I worked on the project, they would keep me, um, you know, in their contacts and they would just reach out every so often. And it just happened to where I was just going in two different directions. And somehow one day those points meet and it's full circle and everyone that I know keeps calling me and I'm now like doing things. So it's a matter of like the more stuff I did, background work, extra work, um, knowing Todrick and, and getting to know people on the sets, it just went, it just kind of expanded. It was exponential to where the more things I did, the more jobs I got, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was like getting up and getting off my butt. And, and finding some kind of motivation. Cause it, w- it was very discouraging at one point where I felt like I didn't have anything, I didn't have anyone, I don't know anyone. And, you know, and I could only imagine people coming here that don't necessarily have, you know, a mentor to look out for them and, and uh, you know, a big brother, a big sister to say, Hey, like, this is what I do, come with me. You know, and it, it was, I can only imagine how hard that is because, you know, I and again, that, 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 um, kind of sprang from me doing vines and doing like little videos here and there because I felt the need to do it I was like I don't want to just sit here and do nothing about it I want to I want to just entertain so I just I found a way to just do something so I think a lot of people come here and they're just like looking around and they're like someone make me famous someone make me famous and it's not everybody you know Um, it was just like I just felt the need to do something and the more I did the more I got to do. So I I know those people that are very Mm. like self-efficient that like make, they're like, if they don't see it in front of them or they don't see it around them or they don't see that it exists, those type of people that Mm -hmm. still feel that weird urge, they're like, okay, well I have to create it. You know what I'm saying? And to have that foundation, it takes, it it just takes some, some gusto. You got to really, really want it. And if it, if you don't see it in front of you, you need to make it, you need to make it literally create it out of thin air you have to do it. If you don't, then you just kind of get stuck. And some people may have, there's, listen, there's like a million ways to make a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the Mm -hmm. day, everybody, but it's just a thing of like, some people have that thing in their spirit to where they're like, I want this so bad. I'm going to create it myself. And even if it's trash, even if it's, a short film you did by yourself, and it's not the best acting or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's like you just have to do it and get it out of your system and move forward and keep going because once again, you're all you're doing is putting in another hour, another hour, another hour, another hour, and you get to that ten thousand hours, and it's like, oh, okay, cool. And then you turn around and look forward and you start your ten thousand hours over in the next direction and. Um, it was just one of those things, man. I just kept doing shit to where I was like, "All right, cool." Eventually, this is all gonna like catch up to me somehow.
1: So just put the just put the work in, keep the yeah, momentum man. going. Put the work in, have the drive. It's funny because I always ask my guests this question, which is like, "How do you think we as a creative community can annihilate the status quo of the starving artist?" And I'm I wonder if that would be your answer to that question. Just putting in the um, work, keep it going.
0: Yes and no. Uh, I would say yes, because obviously you need to keep going. You have to, to make yourself seen in order to be seen. Um, and you got you to make noise. You got to disturb the, the current flow. Like, if you really want to be seen, you got to disrupt what's going on. If everyone's looking in a certain direction, and you want them to see you, you have to make them look. And, mm-hmm. you know, but you got to be smart about it. And there, we got to play chess. We always have to play chess. We, it's got to be strategic. Every move you do has got to be it's got to be conducive to the, the end goal. It's got to really help get you to that finished product that you want. And some people don't necessarily prepare. I think <clears throat> preparation is big. Preparation is, for me, I think is about 80% of the work. So if you don't necessarily, you know, take that class or go to that open mic or do, you know, that extra job that only pays 40 bucks, like you're not putting in that work because that extra job you did that director could have seen you and thought you were the best thing since sliced bread and was like mm. this person you know what I'm saying and, and and also with preparation when you come out here and you get ready to do all this stuff like you got to have money you're gonna have a period where you have nothing nobody sees you nobody knows you exist and you gotta have that 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 little something in the bank to where it's like okay I'm not working for two weeks I'm going to be like putting like I'm gonna go get my headshots I'm gonna go uh, do this little side job. I'm gonna go do some networking. I'm gonna go to this um, this big old like uh, uh, what are those showcase? I'm gonna go to this showcase and I'm expecting nothing, but I'm gonna get as much as I possibly can because I made the effort and I also prepared to like actually be here and just be creative. A lot of people move here and they're like, I gotta find a job, and their first year is just surviving. You know what I'm saying? They're keeping their head above water. And they're not actually like being creative anymore. They're only now in a routine of just being able to pay bills. And then they kind of get, we're human, you know, so it happens over time. We get worn down. It's like, man, I'm just trying to find a cute job. And then in a couple of years, when I get a job and I get comfortable, then I can go back to acting or then I can go back to singing. It's like, what? (laughs) It's it's hard, man. So a lot of people don't prepare uh, financially. Like, they only think they only have to prepare in one area when you gotta be, you have to be protected all around.
1: Mm, I love that. So making sure that not only are you prepared, like financially, but prepared to actually continue to do the work, do have all the steps necessary, not like wait around and think that everything's gonna come to you.
0: Yeah, it's hard, man. And then I have some friends who literally will work They'll work two, three jobs and get home at like two in the morning and they'll- Yeah,
1: and they're wiped out.
0: <laughs> they're wiped out. But you know what? Some of my friends will take their fat ass to a studio for two hours or they'll be riding on their brakes and all they think about is what they want to do. And I love that because mm-hmm. like I, I personally don't think I could do it where I work two, three jobs um, and I'm working 11, 12 hours a day. I could not come home and mm-hmm. sit up for four hours. Me
1: neither. And, and,
0: <laughs> write and 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 compose or shoot a video and I know some of them do that and it's like I love that personally it's like if you're gonna work and be here and you're gonna still lose sleep because you're that hungry and you you have that much drive to to be who you want to be that that's a special person because you know five years down the line when they're sitting here at the MTV Awards front row and they're like you know I had nothing I worked two jobs I, every moment I got to write, I wrote every moment I got to sing. Mm-hmm. I sang and, and it's like they're like, I was, you know, singing in my car with a mic or I was sleeping in my car. It's like I've, I've seen those people. And I when I tell you, it makes you so much more grateful um, when you've been in that situation. And, you know, I, I've had my my fair share growing up of, you know, being homeless and and seeing my mom have to struggle for me and my sister to just simply live. And even going through um, the LA thing, where it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know, but when Todrick got greenlit for his MTV show, everyone had to move out of the house because it was a liability because they used the house as a hot set. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, LA hit me and I was like, yo, where do I go? What do I do? (laughs) Because we had two weeks, I wasn't prepared for that. And um, thank God I had friends who really just like knew what it was like and, you know I, I went and stayed with my friend and I just did my normal summer thing and then I found my roommates once I found my roommates I got an apartment and everything was quote normal again but it was just that weird period uh, in between where I was like oh shit what do I do and thank god I had prepared ahead of time like just having money and 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 started making something and being able to have some kind of revenue, creative revenue. Cause it was, it's really hard for people to come out here and make money off of their talent right out the gate. And mm-hmm. I was, I had a safety net, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's just one of those things, man. It's, some people get ready and they're, they, they're ready. They have a backup plan and they got money, you know, just sitting in the bank and you know, it's hard cause it takes money to make money and some people don't have that. And all they have is their voice. All they have is their mind. All they have is their hand to write that script. And, um, yeah, and some of them are just all they do is that, and they get discovered somehow, and it's 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 beautiful, it really is, because uh, some people don't have um, some people don't have any of the natural talent, and they only have money, and they're just stuck in class, like they're a class actor, they're they're in the studio, but they don't have that natural talent, but they got the money, so it's it's so funny, it's like, it's like we're all missing pieces of our puzzle. And it's like, mm-hmm. if you can just start to put that shit together yourself and somebody will come along and see it. They'll be like, I see the picture. I see it. And they start helping you. It's, it's beautiful when it comes out.
1: Oh, so deep. I love it. Oh my gosh. Antoine, <laughs> <do> <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Like you just dropped some nuggets right there throughout this whole interview. Honestly, I'm sad that it's coming to an end. Um, yeah. I'm at my last question for you, which is really what's What's next for you? What can our audience look forward to seeing from you? I, minus the coronavirus stuff. Like, right. obviously you, you that's, know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's kind of putting a dent in a lot of people's um, calendars. But if you have anything exciting coming up that you can share, share it.
0: Yeah, okay, well y'all, um, you know what I'm saying? I'm coming to you live. I'm gonna do my next drag performance. I'm gonna be Corona the v- Iris. No, sorry, Let me <laughs> Um, no, yeah, um, I have, uh, everything has been postponed, but, um, your boy is going to be on season 16, uh, shooting at the 31st of February, because bitch, everything is on hold right now. (laughs) Uh, uh, season 16 of uh, MTV's Wild and Out that's now merged uh, with VH1 so it's on VH1 love that but it's still MTV's Wild and Out I don't know how on earth that's a thing Um, we have what else do I have oh I have uh, the world championships coming up whenever that's you know gonna come back around Uh, I accepted a film in Paris Uh, that's that's really really fun so that'll be my first international film Uh, I also just uh, shot a short film where I got to play um, a pre-op trans stripper. Her name is Portia, she kind of ghetto, but um, that's fine. (laughs) Uh, That was really fun. That was really cool. And then uh, as of last night, I actually just accepted a role um, for an episodic series uh, that's going to be pitched to a few different um, major streaming services. Um, And again, I get to play a cheerleader. And it's like it's not just cheerleading. It's like this person, like we're we're gonna know his story, blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. um, and I'm really really excited for that because again, cheerleading is coming out of the woodworks and helping mm-hmm. me in my new world, and I really really like it. So um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. Your boy might end up on Netflix or, or uh, Amazon. I or hope TV. so. <laughs> That'll be fun.
1: Oh my gosh, it's so exciting! I hope that that show gets picked up. That'll be awesome awesome next step for thank
0: you. you so much
1: you're welcome well Sanswan, thank you again so much for dropping so many damn bombs on this interview like I'm just I just <laughs> been smiling ear to ear you made me tear up like I'm just so excited for you I'm so happy for you I'm so inspired by you and I know everybody that's listening right now is just probably like dang that was like crazy so just thank you for your time
0: Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I love you and Kevin so much. And I'm actually, I'm so proud. You know, I want to shout y'all out. Uh, Cause man, Aww. I have, I don't know how many of my roommates and my friends and I'm like, yo, these are my friends from school and look what the fuck they doing. You know what like, <laughs> So cool. I love that. You guys are like, it's, you are self-motivated. I don't know how you do it, but you are constant and you're, you're, you're consistent. And that takes discipline. That takes so much mm-hmm. discipline and it takes it takes a lot, especially, and to be honest, at your age, at our age, rather, it takes so much self-discipline to really make yourself into this empire, and, and putting in all that time, so I see y'all doing it constantly, and I'm like, well, let me get off my fat ass and go do something, so like, man, I, I I constantly get reassured that, like, if I do something consistently, I'm on the right track, and y'all are very much a part of that, so thank y'all for being a good example to the young folk, the young folk of color, uh, the women out there, like, like you can be like, listen, if you're going to be a bitch, be a boss ass bitch, be a bad bitch. So like you, you, all you're doing is showing these little girls out here how to really like run their own shit. So I, I really fuck with it. I, I really, I love that.
1: Wow. Thank you so much, San Juan. That, that really means a lot.
0: Absolutely, girl, anytime. And listen, whenever <laughs> you want, come on down here to LA, girl. Let's go get us some uh some emojis and talk shit.
1: Yes, yes. I'm so down if that's gonna happen, hopefully sometime okay. this year. Hopefully do <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much.
0: Absolutely, you be blessed and beautiful.
1: If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson, and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.